This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are working through uh, a list of six key awarenesses. Um, We've looked at uh, God-awareness, self-awareness, others-awareness, and emotional awareness. This is actually going back to a a quote by John Calvin that really, um, in order to possess real wisdom or knowledge, you need both a a knowledge of God and a knowledge of self. And and Calvin would actually argue in, in the opening of his institutes that it doesn't matter where you start. You need both, and you can start with a knowledge of self, you can start with a knowledge of God, and then he proceeds to to launch into a knowledge of God and then moves to knowledge of self, which I actually do think is probably the right way to, to do it. And today we're going to look at an awareness of how others perceive us. And yesterday I made mention to a book that I'm reading with my elders, and I didn't mention the name, and I probably should have, or the title of the book, and it's called um, Faithful and True. Um, it's a faithful and fruitful. Faithful and fruitful. That's right. Yeah. Faithful and fruitful. And it's a compilation of all these essays written by ministers, basically. Um, and each chapter is a different category within the church. But the essay that we had looked at for yesterday, um, at, at one point in the book, it said, really what you need to do is go to people in your church and conduct a survey to say, how do they perceive the church? And then go to people outside of the church, people in your community, people in the, the, the larger church community, unbelievers, and ask them, how do they perceive your church? And I thought that was very interesting. I'd never really heard that before, thought about that before. And then here is this category of awareness of how others perceive us. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the idea of, of of reading that room. It's the idea of of understanding how they recognize you as a church. I mean, instinctively, uh, you know, we live in a society that uh, wants to reject everything that's Christian. So there's a, a an instinct that people are going to view the pastor, a, a religious person, in. A negative light. That seems to be the default position. So we have to be aware of how they're perceiving us before we can talk to them and move the and move those goalposts in a different direction. Well, Jonathan and I were having a conversation um, early on this morning that has really nothing to do um, with anything religious, mm-hmm. but we were talking about um, driving and and neighbors. 
And it might be helpful for you to share the one story about the neighbor that you had that um, was so upset about your child, how they parked their vehicle that one time. Oh, I, I was. We were just talking. We, we were talking about off, off air about different things, but you know, uh, you know the the. The street in front of your house is a public street, you know, but we, you know, there was a neighbor that would constantly, he was so concerned that you would be six inches over the line somehow. And, you know, this was back in the day when we had, uh, you know, four teenagers in the house, um, multiple $500 cars and <laughs> and that. And so, you know, they weren't the prettiest thing, but he would he would park his vehicle you know, right to the edge of the line. Um, and then if something... Of his property line? Of his property line okay. to yours, because he didn't want anybody, you know, so it would leave his whole expanse open in front of him. If somebody actually came around and parked in that area, he would get all upset. We had a we had an individual come to work on the house and, the, you know, construction work, he parked up there. And uh, he, you know, he comes running out of his house, you know, that they're parking in front. Of him, and I said... Bob, life's too short to be worried about this. And he says, don't force your religion on me. (laughs) (laughs) And here you have that that was actually underneath it all. It's this perception of a religious person that's always going to be jamming religion down my throat. And because he's religious is going to be a certain type of person. Right. And there are people that I, I, that's I do have to say there was a there's a story that goes beyond that. Oh no, I don't know this. So no, the, okay. the, story be, the story beyond that this was has not that, been filtered. Yeah. The story beyond that was several years later this man's wife moved out of the house. He's self medicating himself. Hmm. He I happened to see his garage door open for a, a day. I go in there and he's laying on the floor and uh, and he's not been I get him help. Emergency comes out, take care of him. This changes the relationship with we have. He says, "You know, when I first moved in here, I didn't like you." And then his children are saying, "His family can park anywhere they want." You changed it mm-hmm. because of how they perceive you. And this is something you know. It's not some new cultural thing nope. that we're required. You know, back in when Paul gave the list of qualifications for those who would be leaders in the church, elders, uh, one of the final things he says is that he must have a good reputation among those who are outside. You know, it, it's a biblical requirement that we take into consideration how other people uh, perceive us. And, you know, this was a pastor friend of mine years ago. He was, I mean, he's a retired minister now, long retired, but he was telling stories, you know, war stories of his time in the ministry. And he said the very first uh, church he was a senior pastor at, one of the elders they had to bring under discipline. And the reason for it was is that he had such a horrible reputation in his neighborhood. I forget the exact reasons, but he was, through his actions or his family's actions, the neighborhood just was turning against the church and had a bad thought of Christ. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's a serious thing that we do need. And I, I say that to show this isn't something where we're just constantly walk on eggshells trying to figure out, okay, what do they think of us? But we do need to consider our reputation as we represent Christ. So the authors say though we are not ultimately responsible for how others perceive us, understanding the potential pressure points and pitfalls as they pertain to others' perception of us can be helpful 
when trying to communicate the gospel to them. And then they had these quotes, and I, I would just like to have you guys react to them. And, and the first is, due to the complicated history of Christianity in this country, it's safe to say that many de-churched people we encounter may instinctively see Christians as jerks. And then they go on to say, as a result, it may be helpful <coughs> to assume a posture that is quick to confess both our own personal shortcomings and the failures of the church throughout history. By doing so, we disarm those around us and we help them perceive us as being safe rather than an angry threat. And I, I'm just going to put some of my cards on, on the table that there's a little bit about this that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think? Well, I, you know, it goes without saying that the de-churched and the unchurched sometimes think of Christians as jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at history – they, they will point to the wars, you know, in the past that have within the history of the world where uh, Christians have battled against unbelief and they've done it, you know, violently. So they have a different kind of impression. They don't even understand the circumstances of those things. But I do think that we do have to be somewhat transparent about our own lives so that we don't come off as the only in the neighborhood. It could be you 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 just come off as a good goody two shoes and you've never actually shown yourself to be a real person that uh, plays games that laughs at a joke that does you know that has a a real relationship with neighbors and families mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a perception that people have to see transparently into your life to know that you're "Quote unquote normal mm-hmm. that you you know you have car trouble too that you you have you've raised uh, kids that you've been maybe challenged with that you've done all these things and they want to see that that's part of your life as well so that you actually fit into their life yeah yeah I I think um, this quote I mean as you know Jonathan what you're just saying there of I, I agree with the idea that sure there's clear sin that we've committed. Or there's clear sin that I mean, the church is not perfect. Church has made mistakes in history. So, yes, wholeheartedly acknowledge those and be willing to acknowledge them. And uh, what what gives me a bad taste about this quote is that it has a slight taste of constantly like being willing to uh, just almost groveling, yeah, uh, for people's approval, and that is not biblical or what we're I don't, I don't think that that's what we're aiming at um you know i think i've quoted you know it was maybe years ago here in the radio station you know uh, something i heard steve brown say he he told about how his congregation said to him pastor we've had other pastors tell us that they were sinners but you're the first one we ever believed <laughs> um, so i and i do think that that's Part of it, you know. Yeah. I mean, we have to we have to acknowledge our own uh, our own failures in a in a real way, you know. Instead of saying, "Well, my sin is just wanting this church to grow," right. you know, or yeah. something like that, you know. Or, yeah, just, I did this, you know, but it was you know, for this reason. You know, we, we have, you, know, this. you know, you know, our sins are always sins in high standing rather yeah. than uh, mm-hmm. something that is is you know an affront. Uh, uh, yeah, several thoughts are in my head. I have to just. Pick one and go with it. But the first is the part of it is that I don't like the word confess in yeah. here. I'm I'm completely fine with confessing my own 
failings and shortcomings and sins. I'm fine with confessing the shortcomings and sins of my congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have trouble confessing the sins of previous generations. Right. Mm-hmm. I can acknowledge that they've made right. mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to own behavior that's not mine. Mm-hmm. I can't right. own the sin of a church from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even born. But I can say, no, I acknowledge that what they did was wrong and that they shouldn't have done what they did. Mm-hmm. So we, I think it I just think, I think language that, matters yeah, to me. But yeah, yeah, I think then that's the point. We have to We have to be willing to acknowledge that were different than what you experienced. Yes. You know, this is part of that, how they perceive us. We're not the church that you left. We're not the mm-hmm. church that uh, you have created in your mind. This is who these people are. They live normal lives. They have the same um, uh, challenges before them. Um, but here's how we handle our challenges. And we just have to be up front. I mean, we had a situation in our church where there were political signs on the fence as you come into our church. Mm-hmm. And I thought somebody just randomly had put them up. So I took them down. Um, they were on our side of the fence line, and I didn't really think much of it. And then um, somebody called their church and was like, hey, do you have video feed of whoever took those signs down? And they thought some nefarious thing. And so I went and confessed, and I was like, hey, I I took those down. I have them here at the church. I didn't mean anything by it, but we try not to be political as an institution. And this really gives the impression that those are candidates that we're supporting. Mm -hmm. um, And so we would rather not have them on our side of the fence line. And I could have just let it go. I could have just been like, oh, I don't know anything about it, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But to me, it was it was important. It didn't necessarily play out well. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, I I still felt it was important to to be forthright about it. On another day, maybe we'll get to the end of that story and and (laughs) how it played out. But not important for what we're talking about. But as we come back tomorrow, we'll once again um, talk about awarenesses that we would be helpful to know as we move forward.